Sometimes I want to confess something. I lose my keys. Now, I know what some of you are saying. It happens when you get older. Listen carefully. I've been losing my keys all my life. It has nothing to do with being older. I lay them somewhere, and, and I have places to lay my keys. Like in my office, I have a place to lay my keys. At home, I have a place to lay my keys. But for whatever reason, sometime it, it, I lay them somewhere else, and then I can't find my keys. Can any of you relate? Yes. Oh, I feel so much better already. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and really, keys, they're little things, but they're very, very important. I mean, like, for example, they open doors. You know, many times I have a little deal in my pocket that opens doors to get us back in the offices, but, like, I don't carry my keys with me, like, during the day here. And somebody will say, can we get in the chapel? Can we get in the parlor? Well, I don't have a key. Like, I do have a key, but I have to go back to my office to get the key. But keys open doors. And not only the keys open doors, keys, we have to have keys to get our vehicles to take us where we want to go. I mean, if you get in your car, your truck, and you don't have your keys, you're not going anywhere. Uh, now, you say, that's not true. You, we've got to, like Dottie's car, you don't put the key in anything. You mash this button, but you have to have the key with you for the button to work. I hate that kind of car. I really do. I, I, you know, Dottie thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. She said, look, you just carry your key right here in your purse. I said, I don't carry a purse. I don't, it doesn't work for me. But I'm sure if my car were newer and like that, I'd get used to that. But, you know, as I think about how important keys are and what keys do, the open doors, they get us kind of where we're going in our vehicle. In a way, the Bible is like a key. And that's what I want to talk to you about today because one of the things the Bible does it opens the door for you and for me to experience God's peace in our life. And when I'm talking about God's peace, I'm talking about an inner calmness, an inner contentment, an inner quietness, no matter what you are going through in life at that very moment. It's different than the world's peace. In fact, Jesus said, it's a very interesting verse in John chapter 14. You might wish to read it later. It says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. In other words, there is the world's peace and there's God's peace. Now, the way the world's peace works, as long as things are going good and you're being happy with what's happening, uh, you, you kind of have inner peace, contentment, and, and, and calmness and all. But that's not the real world. In fact, one of the good things about the Bible, thinking about the Bible as a key to God's peace, is that the Bible tells us that in this life that you and I live, there are going to be some challenging times, difficult times, and hard times. The Bible's very, very, very clear about that. Uh, you know, in the book of Job, there are two interesting verses about that in Job. One says, man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. So we just need to understand that. There's another great verse in the book of Job that I think is appropriate for what we're talking about today. It says, man who is born of woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Now, if any of you got here any other way but by being born of a woman, you're exempt from this verse. <laughs> so you, you can just say, hey, man. Uh, I'm not going to have any trouble in my life. But the fact is, all of us in this room have been born of a woman, our mother, and our days are few, and life is going to be 
filled from time to time with trouble and difficulties and these kind of things. So, you know, one of the good things about the Bible, it, it, it's, it's almost like a preventive maintenance thing. It, it, it's the Word of God preparing us for what is going to come in life. That's just part of how life is. Now, we all know that because we're grown people. But we have to teach our boys and girls as they grow up that, you know, every day is not a perfect day. Every day, everything you want to happen is not going to happen. That's just not how life is. If they grew up thinking otherwise, um, they would be very much, well, they'd lose their faith. If you said, look, if you just believe in God, everything will be wonderful all your life. Well, if a person believed that, they're sure not going to experience that, and it would devastate their faith. And so the Bible helps us. Now, another way the Bible is like a key is that the Bible gives us guidance and direction when we're going through difficult times, challenging times in our life. And one of those keys is this verse in Isaiah, in chapter number 26, verse number uh, 3. It's on page 625, if we can now all get on the right page. And I want you to look at the verse with me. It's amazing in this one verse. Now, the Bible's the big key. It's like the master key. Like I have a master key here at the church. Well, it, it'll open all the doors in the last phase. Now, phase one, there's another master key. And so phase two has another. So really I have three master keys. Those, those three keys will open every door in the church but one door. I do not have a key to the safe, to the room where the safe is. Uh, I don't want a room. I don't, in fact, I, I wouldn't know how to get in the safe if they put a gun to my head. I don't know how to open the safe. I don't want to know how to open the safe. And I want you to get the word out to all the mean people who live here. The pastor does not have access to the safe. All right. Now, I feel so much better. I don't have to be afraid after church that I'm going to be uh, whatever. Well, the Bible in, in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, in this one verse, it's like there are three keys that help us so very much. I want us to look at them quickly. Here's what the Bible says. Now, here's what God teaches us, that he will keep us in perfect peace. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, that verse is like a master key. But inside, there are three little special keys that unlock special doors. And what we have here, we have three keys to experience God's peace. And all of us can relate to this. Sometimes we feel the peace of God. Other times things happen and, and that peace is, uh, is just not what we know it should be, what God wants it to be, what we want it to be. So let's look at these three things we can do when we're going through these challenging times, being we're all born of a woman. One is, is to focus on God. And it's the it's very first thing. It says, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That means that we simply focus on God. Now, if we concentrate on our problem, whatever it might be, it just, it just seems like it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And we've all done that. We've all probably been through that. But the fact of the matter is, if we'll keep our focus on God, in a moment I'll show you, tell you how to do that, or suggest to you a way you can do that. It's not like God gets bigger. God's already big. But in our mind, it's like God is bigger than our problem. And we all 
We all go through these things, and we have family and friends and others that go through things, and a good thing to encourage them to do. In fact, I encouraged someone this morning that is going through, went through something very, very serious relating to cancer, and uh, I sent them a text very, very, very early this morning and uh, said, I'm going to be praying for you what you're going through today, and I want you to remember these two or three verses I'm giving, and I've given these verses before. And today, every time you feel afraid, you just say these verses over and over and over. And then I did the same thing to that person's family uh, because I knew they were going through a very, very difficult thing. And I, what I'm trying to do there is to get them to do exactly what this verse says, keep our minds stayed on God. In other words, we focus on God. And what happens when we begin to focus on God, and this is what Jimmy was singing, uh, we become aware of his presence. Now think with me a moment on something. When you're going through something very, very difficult, very, very hard, there's something about someone that you know that loves you and you love them that just their presence gives peace. Would you agree with me on that? Maybe, maybe you can't think of something you've been through recently like that. Now, I'm going to share a situation that I've been hesitant to share, and I talked to John about how to share it, and he suggested that if I share it right, it'll be very good, but if I share it wrong, I'll miss the whole point. So, you know, John, would you come share this thing I'm about to share? I, well, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, two weeks ago tomorrow, it was on a Wednesday, my blood pressure just went out of the roof. Now, I keep my blood pressure very maintained, and it's monitored very, very closely, and I'm very careful. But for whatever reason, it, it just went beyond where it can go. And, and I've been having no problem whatsoever. And so I called my doctor, and he suggested that I need to come in. And, and, and he checked me for about, uh, I was there uh, you know, over an hour, I guess. And uh, he said, well, what we got to do, I've got to give you some medication that's going to get this blood pressure down. And he said, uh, we'll get it down, then we'll, we'll go from there. I said, fine. So he did, and I went and got my medication. That's on Wednesday. Well, on Thursday, my blood pressure is beginning to go down. Friday and Saturday, boy, I mean, I could have entered the Olympics. I mean, it was just doing so good. And Sunday morning, the very first Sunday morning in May, I get up and uh, check my blood pressure right off the bat, and it's just perfect. I mean, just I, man, this is just really good. And I take my regular medicine and take this thing he told me to take. And uh, at the end of the second service, during the second service, I knew that things weren't working for me. But at the end of the second service, I knew I needed to get back to my office because I, you know, my, I didn't know what was happening. But what was happening, my blood pressure was going down to, I wouldn't even want to tell you what it went down to because you'd start sending flowers to the funeral home, and I'm still here. But it went to bad. It went to bad. And, of course, we get the doctor back on the phone, and he suggests one thing, and I said, I'm not doing that. And then we get, uh, you know, we have a conversation about that. Well, I mean, all, all in the world had happened. What he gave me, had it, it worked, but it had, it, had, it had overworked. Now, I'm at home. Dr. Berkman's telling Dottie, get him to the emergency room. I'm telling her I'm not going to the emergency room. I know why my blood pressure went down. It's not like I don't know. The medicine just took this thing down too far. I should have had sense enough on Saturday to probably backed off of that. But be that as it may, 
I tell that story to say this. I'm home and things are not really good. John's gone. Anytime you need John, he's gone. He's over in Tennessee preaching. And Dottie is trying to make me go to the emergency room. And I'm not going to the emergency room. Dr. Burtman's saying, you've got to get in the emergency room. And I'm saying, I'm not going. Well, we have another doctor that is part of our team. And he said, well, if he's not going to the emergency room, get him to do this, get him to drink this, do this, whatever. But well, in the middle of all that, here's the most magical thing. Our other son, Joel, just walked into the bedroom. And I shared all that to say this. I mean, don't come up after the service and we feel sorry for you. Uh, that's not why I shared that. I'm fine. The, the point I share that is, is that the moment I was in the bed and looked up and saw Joel walking into our bedroom, I just had a peace. I just had a peace. I knew that somebody would help me overcome Dottie. That would be the first thing. <laughs> I needed help. Dottie and Dr. Berkman had sided up against me. John was not there to defend me. But seriously, old Joel walked in, and the first thing he said, now, Dad, you're going to be okay. I've called this doctor, and we're working with this other doctor, you know, all of our and, and, you know, you probably don't need to go to the emergency room. We need to do this, and, all, and we, it, all, it all worked out. And, of course, I had to go back and have some more things done. But having, having said that, the point is, when old Joel walked into the bedroom, he stayed with me about three hours. And just his presence just kind of calmed me. Now, I was thinking about that when I was thinking about what I'm talking about today. You know, if, if you're going through something hard, and it doesn't have to, it could be, a, it could be many things. But if you have a family member or a friend, and you know they love you, and you love them, they care about you, and you know that. If they just show up, can't you relate to what I'm saying? Would you just push aside my story and think of your own? There's just something about somebody that cares about you being with you when you're going through something. And then I thought, hey, whatever we go through in life, listen, God's with us, and He cares about us, and He loves us, and we love Him. And when it ever clicks, no matter what, you just remember that God is with you. He's present with you. And if we and this is this is how the Bible is a key. Over and over and over in the Bible, we're reminded wherever we are that God is right there with us. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. And that's what's involved in this little statement here, whose mind is stayed on you. So that's the first little key to giving inner peace. Now, the second thing is, is, is to trust God. And, and that's the key to this verse. Look at it again. God will keep him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Now, why? Because he trusts in you. Here's what we need to remember. No matter what we're going through, we can trust God. He's never late. <laughs> he's never early either. But he's never late. His provision is never insufficient. I mean, you know. We, we, we do what we can to help our family and friends when they're going through things. But listen, God is all sufficient for whatever our need. His timing is always perfect, and He will always honor His promises. And so, you know, the Bible is filled with the promises of God. And what we need to do is, look, we're going through something hard. We have a problem, and that problem just looks like it's a Mount Everest. Well, wait a minute. God's bigger than Mount Everest. And what we do, we say, wait. I'm going to keep my focus on God. I'm going to trust the things that God has said in His Word. And then meditate on God's Word, whose mind is stayed on you. 
You know, the Bible says great peace have those who love God's law. And as you think about it, your most precious material possession is your Bible. It really is. We don't think that way much, but this is it. This is the Word of God. It's a key to teach us everything we need to know in life and to open the doors that need to be opened to remind us that whatever we go through in life, we always remember. Because you see, the fact of the matter is, I love that verse over in Ephesians in chapter 2 that tells us that God, Jesus himself, is our peace. So if I have Jesus living in me and you have Jesus living in you, that's not to say things don't sometimes rattle us. But when we get through kind of rattling and kind of calm down a minute, we say, wait just a minute, you know, uh, he himself is my peace. It's not what somebody else can tell me or what somebody else can do. The bottom line, there are things in life nobody can do and nobody can help. There's nothing in life God can't do and God can't help. I mean, when you die, the one that loves you the most in this world They can't do anything for you. But when you and I die physically, the fact of the matter is the one who loves us most, there is something he does, not he can do, he does to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I want to end today with a little verse. I've mentioned this verse before, but I shared it this morning with some people that I sent a little text to that I knew were going through some hard things. It's, it's one of my very favorite verses. It's, it's Psalm chapter 16, verse 4. It says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That's been my life verse for about the last four or five years, maybe six years. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. I suggest something to you. The next time you're having to go through something hard, whether it be Psalm 16, 4, or whatever verses you might want to think about, you know, or maybe the verse we look at today, God will keep me in perfect peace if I'll keep my mind stayed on Him because I trust in Him. Just say those over and over. What it does, it helps your mind to focus on God. You become aware of his presence. And when you realize you have with you the one that loves you more than anybody, and you love him more than anybody, I'm telling you there's a peace that passeth all understanding. Father God, we bless you and thank you for the Bible. And I know we all talk about we love the Bible and and we read our Bible. But God, we need to read our Bible every day. And that's, that's the last thing the devil would want us to do because in this book, your holy word, we have guidance, we have instruction, we have direction, we have comfort, we have everything we need. And God, this is, I'm convinced why it's so difficult. And we would be telling the truth if we would all just think about it, God. One of the most difficult things we do in the Christian life is to discipline ourselves to every day spend some time in our Bible, reading, thinking, meditating. We have intentions to do that. But this happens. That happens. Something else happens. God, we need to understand we're in a spiritual war. All these things don't just happen. It's our intentions are pure and right, but Satan knows if he can keep us from feeding our minds and strengthening our souls with your holy word,
that we'll have a difficult time knowing very much about the peace that only you can give because you are our peace. So God, I ask you, help us put on the whole armor of God and just determine that we're not going to let Satan or anything prevent us every day from taking some time to feed our souls, fill our minds with your holy word. And God, when we do that, we'll have an awareness of your presence in a deepened way. And within us, there will be a peace and a calmness and a contentment. I thank you for that. God bless each person down this room. You know every person here's name. You know their needs. God, I ask you today, bless them and help each of us be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.